feedback. The show continues online at Sirius XM Volume. Be part of the Volume community. Yo, remember Yo. back on the bully when cats used to harmonize like... <laughs> Yo. Yo. My men and my women, don't forget about the day. This is not the most the king. Yo. It's about a thing. Yeah. Feel real good when the miseducation of lauren hill for sure that's one of those records we were talking to uh, moby about the 20th anniversary of his album play and how that was just a lifestyle record aka it was everywhere and more importantly people had it and they wanted you to know they had it because more than it being a great record it said something about them shout out to matt at cranium cracker on twitter Tracy Chapman's self-titled album seemed to be a good addition. Yes, that first Tracy Chapman album, for sure. So anyway, we're, uh, we're uh, going to bring on uh, Clark Benson, who's the CEO of Ranker.com. And this is kind of what Ranker does. They just rank stuff, list after list after list, always compelling. But uh, Clark, you there? Yeah, thanks so, for having me. Yeah, so we were wondering if you, off the top of your head, could think of uh, any of those albums that were just sort of omnipresent and, again, everybody had them. Because in addition to being great, they said something about you. <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going. I'm, I'm, I don't have like one of those massively uh, huge selling ones like Moby Play off the top of my head. But what something that comes immediately to mind. I, I, I also um, I used to own a record store for about five years in the late '90s, and uh, remember remember the space age bachelor pad music craze that started for you know about a year and a half in that, in that time frame where like all of a sudden there was all this lounge music. I think it yes. was the yes. swingers movie came out. What big bad voodoo daddy. Well, there was, there was, yeah, there was a combination between the lounge music and then the, and then the, uh, swing music. And we had this tiny swing music section of our store that was maybe, you know, 30 CDs, but it was sell through every single week because there were no releases <laughs> of, of swing music. And then, like, sort of next to it, even though they didn't have that much in common, we had the Space Age Bachelor pad. And, and literally just the other day, I was going through my collection, and, and I ran into a bunch of Esquivel CDs. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know what fits in right with the, with those that you mentioned is the Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. Remember that? Remember oh, how, God, yes. like, everyone had that and thought that... You know, wow, didn't we're it win so Grammys into this too? like bluegrass gospel folky thing. Yeah, didn't it win? Oh, it was up for a bunch of Grammys and I stuff. I believe, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and the other thing that comes to mind, it wasn't as much hipsters because I, I, you know, this was a little too much for for the for the really self-discerning hipsters. But remember, uh, this was in '93 or '94, the 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 Benedictine monks. Yeah. They're, I forget the name of the album even, but there was a million, there was a platinum selling album by the Benedictine Monk. We were just talking about that. Somebody mentioned the first Enigma album. Sean Foster, yes. Right, with oh, Sodness. Yes. And then as a result, right after that, the Benedictine Monks, monks were selling like Nirvana, basically. <laughs> yes, Enigma, that's right. I still have a few of those in my CD collection somewhere. Oh, yeah. 
So, Clark, tell us about this site, like Ranker.com. That's another one of these sites that literally, it's a rabbit hole. Like, I will go on there and I'll be on there for hours. And, you know, I, thanks. I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. So, so I'm the founder of Ranker. Uh, we created it uh, almost 10 years ago with the idea of sort of cataloging the world's, uh, you know, look, if, if you guys on the show, you're all listers, right? I'm a lister. I like to rank things. But I was frustrated seeing, um, you know, most lists on the internet back in the day were a 23-year-old blogger's opinion, right? It was like, I'm the person with enough free time to make a blog post about this, and, <laughs> yes. you know, here's my opinion, right? And content and thought, farms, content farms. They well, there's like a lot of that, that, yeah. Yes. Yes, and so the idea behind Ranker was to sort of democratize it and take um, literally any concept you can make into a list, and... Um, our editors will sort of create, you know, the idea, they'll stick it out there, but then the crowd votes on it. So at the end of the day, you've got sort of a, you know, crowdsourced um, opinion of whatever the topic might be. And literally, you name the music genre, you name um, the concept, we'll do things like, you know, best second or third albums, things like that, right? Uh, Just anything you can possibly think of we pretty much have out there as a, as a list. It's not just a music site. It's, a, it's really kind of a pop culture, anything that can be ranked site. But uh, music is my personal passion, and thinking about music rankings is what caused me to, to build this. I, I grew up, uh, you know, I, I, was, I grew up a fan of hard rock and metal in, in an era when it wasn't cool to be into hard rock and metal. And I used to, like, open my Rolling Stone magazine as a 12-year-old and, like, get angry at the, you know, back in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, they would give, they would, uh, the, the infamous uh, thing is that the Rolling Stone record guide had like two star reviews for all the what's up on black Sabbath albums, you know, and I'd be like, so I guess I've already had, I've always had a chip on my shelf sort of democratize a little bit, um, you know, snob music, snobdom. Yeah, but the problem is when you let the people speak, you have things like this. Like, I'm looking on the site, the the top hip-hop songs ever. So it's broken down by, by uh, demographics. So let's say, okay, I looked at Gen Z. Number one, Lose Yourself, Eminem. Come on, millennials. <laughs> I mean, and that's, a, that's an amazing song, but the greatest rap song ever? I, all, right, so, all, right, so, all right, so Gen Xers... Say "Lose Yourself" is the greatest song, number one. Gen Xers say "Gin and Juice" is number two, the second greatest. Millennials, uh, again, "Lose Yourself," uh, number two, is "Juicy," notorious B.I.G. But again, how did how did M "Lose Yourself"? How is that the greatest rap song ever? Some of our lists become a bit mainstream because <laughs> the topic is. Listen to the disdain in his voice. I mean, I love M, but the greatest (laughs) rap song ever, ever. Come on. When you have a when you have when you democratize it, you have to go with the flow, right? (laughs) That's been the biggest challenge from personally. Is most of the rankings I look at, I'm like, okay, this came out right after. A year later, I look at it, and ten thousand people have voted on it. But (laughs) I'll, I'll give you. I'm not a big hip hop, uh, you know. I, I couldn't, I couldn't rank five uh, favorite hip hop songs myself. It's just not my genre. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, I'll, I'll give you the, the knowing, understanding, and rolling your eyes that I'm <laughs> doing in the air right now. 
I saw a guy walking down the street. He had a T-shirt that said, all voices should be heard. I'm like, no, they shouldn't. No. No. <laughs> no. Well, it's, I use your site. I, I use Ranker.com almost every week when I'm coming up with my first wave playlists. And they get really granular. So we're talking about stuff like... Um, greatest hip-hop songs. I use Ranker for things that are far more niche, like songs with streets and avenues in the title. <laughs> like, I, I actually do, like, like I, you know, I do, so for First Wave, I do these classic alternative lists. And I really did. I did one on songs with streets and avenues in the title. And you would think that that seems a little obscure, but I go and I go to Ranker.com and there it is, the best songs with streets in the title. And though oftentimes I'll come up with three quarters of the list off the top of my head, I always need to fill it out or I want to find out what other songs are out there that I may not be thinking of. And I can always, always rely on Ranker to come through with hundreds of examples. And I think that's the thing about curation is I may not be thinking of a certain group, like I may not go super deep with replacements or XTC, you know, but there are always people on Ranker.com that do. And I I wonder if when you started out, you realized that, that, that it was going to get so super granular and niche. You know, I, I, I did end with the music because I'm such a music nerd myself. Like I, you know, there's a term they use called the long tail, right? Which is just that wormhole. And when you, when you go down that wormhole into things as granular as what you described. So I kind of always figured we would. What surprised, what has really surprised me is, I mean, we get a ton of traffic. We get um, about 40 million monthly visitors. So 40, I, I million. Quite- 40 million. 40 million. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, worldwide, uh, uh, we're, we're also we're actually probably bigger in UK, as you can probably imagine from the way you know wow. the Brits like to rank their things even more than we Anglo's. Um, and so, as uh, you know, I always figured it would be niche. What surprised me is that um, I, we get a lot of people that will vote on, you know, maybe they'll, they'll vote on uh, East Coast rappers. And then the next list they click on is, um, you know, fast food fries. And then the next <laughs> thing they click on is, you know, current horror movies or whatever. So what surprised me more was that people bounce around a lot in their interests, right? I always thought it would just be music nerds voting on music and mm. stuff like that. Well, to stay in the music lane a little bit for a second, I mean, this is one I discovered a while ago, and I love this, okay? Each one of these comes complete with a little paragraph describing it. This is a ranking of the the craziest stories from Rick James's life, right? He was George Cl- he was George Clinton's drug dealer. That's not even number one. He snorted a bunch of cocaine on American Bandstand. Um, he let's see he he snorted cocaine off a knife with Steven Tyler. I knew that one. He was sketched by Salvador Dali and immediately destroyed the sketch. I never knew that one. He saw Jim Morrison slit his wrists. But the number one uh, crazy story, he made uh, Prince cry like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this come from? This is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah, we 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 go we go we 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 pretty much dive into anything that our editors start to roll with, and then you know really the the, the popularity of the list is d- determined by um, the crowd. So. It's, 
So can we talk about how you actually started the site and how this got going? Because it's funny, with a lot of the sites that become so huge, I mean, the, the kind of numbers you're talking about is like IMDB. Like it's it's like major, major numbers. And people use this as, it's fun, but they also, like I do, I use it as a research resource, like a researching resource. But when you first start out something like this, it's almost like, the bigger the idea, like it seems like how are you going to fund it? How are you? It seems overwhelming. I mean, the funding alone for like something like this to be able to have 40 million people visit your site, you know, so like how do you even get a site going like this? And could we have some money? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was better at raising money or we'd, 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 we'd have, I'd, I don't know if we'd be bigger, but we'd have gotten bigger faster and I would have some you know, less gray hairs, but, um, you know, it, I, I, um, I used to work in the music industry. Uh, I worked for, uh, record labels, uh, for a couple of years. And then I started a music marketing company. So I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I had a music marketing company. I had two music marketing companies and a record store, um, in the late nineties. So I knew how to start a business. Um, but, but then when the uh, first internet era came about, I got an I got an idea for an internet site, and it was real easy to raise money. It was just like this boom town uh, mentality. So I was able to raise like a million bucks and started an internet company and sold it six or seven years later. And I always had this idea for Ranker in my head. So I I had a little cash from selling my prior startup. But I'll tell you. Um, I, I launched, I started working on Ranker in 2008. The economy collapsed, which I think we tend to forget how bad the economy got, you know, right around uh, 2008, 2009. And I had the worst time imaginable raising money for about three years, but I had already put a lot of my own cash into this business. And I'm not an engineer, so I had hired a bunch of expensive people to code Ranker. And it was running a little behind schedule. So I went through about three years of working, you know, 80, 85 hours a week just to keep the site afloat, keep the business going. And then by like 2011, we were able to raise venture capital money, which is a process I would not wish on anybody because it just requires, you know, spending lots of time in PowerPoint and then going out to pitch people. And that's not something I personally enjoy. So we've only been able to raise, you know, a couple million at a time here and there, which is a lot of money, but it's not actually that much when you're building this site that's a massive wormhole. Um, if you compare us to, you know, most digital media companies, they've raised more money. But I think what's really helped us is having, you know, a small amount of money at any given time means you're sort of growing more organically and, and you're more real. And, you know, we never became totally Facebook dependent or some of these things that have really kind of uh, hurt digital media companies. So, uh, you know, the, the main way we, we get a lot of traffic is um, by lots of granular search engine visits for things like, uh, you know, the list that you were you were describing that was so granular. We have songs with blank in the title times about a thousand things and you name it. Um, and it's, it's, it's been nice to sort of, uh, you know, turn it into a real business. We have 90 employees now and, uh, wow. you know, lots of worldwide visitors all the time. Wow. This is Clark uh, Benson, CEO of Ranker.com. So you do a thing, you're still a music dork, as you say, you try to get to, what is it? A hundred concerts a year? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's not like I'm actually trying to hit a goal, but I, there have been two years recently that I've seen a hundred bands. Yes, uh, that is true. 
Yeah, I'm looking at your. Uh, I saw two, I saw 100 bands in 2018 and ranked them, and I'm just wondering, like, that is a massive undertaking. First off, to go to 100 shows in a year is big, but then to sort of keep track of it. Are you like an avid note taker? Like, are you the guy that drops down the song list and all that stuff? Well, I, I do. I you know I get the set list from uh, for sure from Setlist FM. Uh, so I don't. I, I like to enjoy the show while I'm there, but I will take some some quick notes. And usually, what I'll do is like right when I get out of a show, I'll like, turn on my voice memo and just kind of you know uh, write up a, or dictate up a little ninety second blurb. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm I got to tell you, I, I started doing that a, a while ago, and I I, I found it even if nobody else ever read it, I would really enjoy looking back on it, you know, five or 10 years later and going, Oh yeah, I forgot about that detail and that mm. kind of a thing. So yeah, I'm a little bit of a, of a pack rat like, like that with uh, my musical interests and memories. Well, as you saw, I mean, if you saw a hundred concerts, that's like but one every like three to four days like that you saw. <laughs> so you spent a lot of time at this, but looking at this list, it is, there's such a variety of, of, of acts that you got to see. I mean, Alex, you see num- number two on his list two of and all five. of bands that he saw, a hundred bands he saw in 2018. Two is Fish. And he's got two Nine Inch Nails in the top 10, two different Nine Inch Nails shows. Wow, my kind of dude. Well, they were they were playing different sets each time for the first time that tour. I had to go multiple times. <laughs> but look, but look at this. Look at some of these. All right, nine thousand three. Yeah, nine thousand three votes. Twenty nine absolutely ridiculous stories of Axl Rose's hard partying days with Guns N' Roses. Here's another one. All the ways Gene Simmons has made it hard to be a Kiss fan. <laughs> 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 were the Ramones the most dysfunctional band that stayed together? <laughs> <laughs> You're a maniac. I love this. One of, one of my favorite, uh, what I really like to do on Ranker is to, is to take a concept um, and like, because, you know, what we're doing is we're basically cataloging the world's opinions about things, right? So sometimes you take a concept that you literally cannot possibly answer with facts and you throw it out there to the community. So we have uh, 20,000 people have voted on rock stars whose deaths were the most untimely. And the idea is, <laughs> how much great music would they have produced had they lived longer, right? Mm-hmm. In, in other words, you know, you might not rank Elvis that high because maybe you thought he was completely over when, when he untimely un, un, passed. But, you know, who, who left the most great music behind? And, and number one, uh, who do you, what do you guys think is number one? I would say Kurt Cobain would be my guess. Uh, or Jimmy Jeff Hendrix. Buckley. Jeff Buckley only did one record and was so promised. I have to say, since so much has come out since his death, Prince. Maybe Biggie. But Prince did plenty and squandered some of it. Yeah, but he, yeah, but there's a lot of great stuff that's come out what, since his death. What What is it? Was it on the list, Clark? I'm curious. So it is Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix is number one. Ah. Cobain is number five. Jim Morrison is four. Freddie Mercury is three. And that the, the Freddie Mercury thing is interesting because Freddie was probably... I remember looking at this, you know, a year and a half ago, and he wasn't even in the top ten. So that's a lot of. So that's the thing; it's a moving list because it can yeah. always updated all the time. So someone can replace uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know. Yeah, yeah, which is which, you know, which I find fascinating. I love looking back, um, but you know, you've got Buddy Holly, Janis Joplin, etc., so Bob Marley. Um, so th- concepts like that really get me excited because there is just no possible way to answer that question in a 
data-driven manner. We need we need the voters. No, it's a lot like our show. We never have any resolution. Well, I was just <laughs> thinking, we basically have right now with Clark a built-in segment going forward. I think we need to do a ranker segment. I think, Clark, you need to we, we need to have you on regularly. Or he's going to come on a few more times so we can rank his appearances. How's that? <laughs> there you go. All yeah, right, I'd Clark. be happy to... I, I'd be happy to weigh in on all these all these matters at any time you need me. All right, Thanks, Clark, Clark Benson, CEO of Ranker.com. Thanks. Have a good day. Peace. Bye. When you're strange.